time to thrive. Welcome to the Thrivology Podcast with Dr. Lee Bauckham. Join us as we explore ways that you can thrive in your life, regardless of what life throws at you. It's your life. Time to live it. Last week, we started a discussion about how people get stuck. And if you're wondering why I'm talking about this getting stuck thing, it's because Every morning right now, I get up early and I start writing my book. Right now, my book project is getting unstuck. It's really my process for how people get stuck, how they can get unstuck, and how they can make sure they don't get stuck again. And so part of my understanding is that you have to have kind of a 30,000-foot view of understanding where you are and how you got there. If you've ever been wandering through the woods lost, you know that One of the key things is to get to a place where you can identify where you are. So then you know how to get to where you want to be. So this is kind of like climbing up on that mountain and looking down and and, and seeing where you are. More importantly, how you got there. So last time we talked about three different ways that you get stuck. And there are some places where these intersect. Last week I talked about how we can sometimes be comfortably stuck. Comfortably stuck is when you've gotten to a place where life is pretty comfortable. In fact, it's uncomfortably comfortable. You've gotten to a place where maybe the bills are getting paid and and you've achieved a lot of what you wanted to and you're kind of cruising. And sometimes the reason we keep cruising is because we don't want to upset it for somebody else. You know, there might be family members who are wanting us to stay right where we are because right where we are allows a family member to keep having a lifestyle that they've gotten used to. Sometimes it's our internal place of being comfortable and not wanting to take on the challenge. And the problem is that we humans need challenges or we grow stagnant. So when we get to that place where we are not in uh, an exciting place, right, we're not in a place where we can uh, find that challenge, we tend to stagnate and that's how we get comfortably stuck. The second type of stuck I talked about was being worthy stuck, or more clearly, feeling unworthy. Feeling like you don't deserve to step into something new, something bigger. Maybe you have these messages from your childhood about how you're not worthy of getting anything beyond that. And so we get stuck in that place of feeling unworthy. It's about being self-critical and those internal messages and scripts and how we feel guilty over having more success than those around us. Then there's the angry stuck, and that's where you're stuck in that one emotional stage of anger. Remember, anger is the external expression. If you've ever noticed that somebody is angry, you recognize that something internal is going on. They're feeling hurt or threatened or something is making them uncomfortable on the inside, so out comes their anger. The problem is anger is focused externally on something out there, and it avoids making a a change internally. And so sometimes we can get stuck in our anger. Today, I want to step a little further into that anger stuck, and that is blame stuck. The difference is this. A lot of times, people are blaming others that are not obviously angry. They're just blaming others. You know, I I couldn't get there because of this. And so when you're blame stuck, you're focused on some external reason of why you can't do what you want to do. Last week, I was talking with somebody who said, you know, I've always wanted to start my business. And I said, what's, what's keeping you from doing that? And they said, oh, you know, it's a terrible climate for that. I mean, the, the economy is, is not at a great place and, and the, the uh, government place is up and, you know, just kind of in a mess and people are just not going to be able to start a business. And I said, well, that's very interesting because 
In the past couple of weeks, I've talked with a number of people who have started their business in the last year. They're not waiting for it to smooth out. They're starting their business. And so sometimes you can kind of point your blame at a broader context of of the world. Sometimes people are blaming others for the fact that they couldn't get into the college they needed to, or they're blaming others for the fact that they have some debt upon them, uh, or they're blaming others for a lack of opportunities around them. And the problem is that when we get focused on that, we stop moving because we're more interested in proving that there's nothing we can do. We start proving our point of blaming. And that's the cycle of blame. Once you start blaming, you begin to look at evidence that supports your blame. You don't look for opportunities that allow you to move beyond that limitation. You get stuck in the limitation and not just stuck in the limitation, but proving the limitation. And so it begins to be a a kind of a feedback loop. I can't do it because of this. See, this is what I'm talking about. See, this is what I mean by that. Here's how I'm stuck. Don't you see how that's working in my life? And often those blaming points end up being more about ways to excuse responsibility because blame always removes responsibility. In fact, that's the problem with blame. It doesn't give us an outlet. We get stuck in this place where we're constantly having to point the finger at why something is wrong, why something is messed up. And so we're constantly looking for the evidence of that. And the problem is that all of us have a confirmation bias built in. We look for evidence that supports the view that we've already established when something comes along and challenges it, we, we throw it out to the side. Now, that's one of the things that scientists have discovered, that when they're doing research, they have to be very clear about their confirmation bias. Years ago, lots of times there would be anomalies in the research that they would just wash out. In fact, in recent years, some cases have come up where um, companies have washed out the what they would say were anomalies and made sure that their, uh, their research was showing exactly what they wanted it to show. That's a, that's a way of, of, of seeing a confirmation bias. And the problem is that when we're in a blame frame, we're doing our confirmation bias. We're pulling in evidence that proves that we are right about that, which keeps us stuck. So when we do that, there are a couple of things we can move beyond it. One is to release the blame, to say, you know what, this is about me and what I choose to do. And sometimes we're even pointing to things that are true. Maybe there has been prejudice or maybe there has been uh, something that has kept you out of loops that you wanted to be in. And when that's the case, you might choose to look for a way to forgive so that you can release that, let it go. Forgiving is deciding that something's not going to have a hold on you. And then you can step into accepting responsibility. Now, we all often confuse blame and responsibility. You might remember as a child... Maybe something happened at your house and somebody is looking around going, who's responsible for this, right? Maybe it happened at school. The teacher comes in and there's a mess and they say, who's responsible for this? And they're really saying, who can I blame for this? Responsible is the ability to respond. Responsibility is your ability to respond in ways that you choose. And we always have the ability to choose our response, We always have some other choice in how we uh, move through things other than blame. While one person is blaming something of why they can't get somewhere, somebody else is doing that exact same thing and making great progress. 
because they've chosen not to be stuck in their blame. So one way we get stuck is in our blame. Another way is in our self-talk stuck. This is is close to that worthy stuck, but it's a little bit different. Self-talk stuck is when you talk yourself in a circle. It's cycling a message to the self. You may have done this in in some other place in life where you, you maybe call it analysis paralysis or a paralysis by analysis, where we chew through things over and over and over If you've ever had somebody who needed to make a decision and they kept talking around making that decision and coming up with lots of reasons and lots of flowcharts and lots of pro-con choices and and all these other ways of processing their uh, decision other than making a decision, you know about that self-talk stuck. You just keep talking to yourself about that same thing over and over again. And in the end, the analysis never finishes. We get caught up in it. And and here's where we often fool ourselves. We feel like if we're talking about and thinking about and processing something, we're actually making progress. Thinking about something in your head takes no process, progress in or towards your goal. It just feels that way because it's occupying you. I remember so many times that someone would come in and say, you know, it's not like I've not been doing something about this. I've been thinking about it all week. And my response is, tell me one thing that you've done that's moved you forward, not thinking about it, but moved you forward. Because I can think a whole lot sitting in one space, but taking the first step is a different thing. Self-talk stuck is when you paralyze yourself with that processing. And sometimes it's about the self-judgment. Because underneath that, there's a fear of making the wrong decision. Sometimes the best thing is just to make any decision and and to start moving. But we are so fearful of making the wrong decision that we act as if everything is permanent. I like to think of life as an experiment. It doesn't have to be this experiment next week. I might try something different. We're much more malleable than we think we are. So if you decide that you're going to exercise, but you decide that you don't like a particular exercise, that's okay. That doesn't mean exercise was wrong. It just meant that that wasn't the right exercise. Or you decide to eat differently, but you don't like doing it that way. After a while, you may, you may give yourself a chance to get used to it and let your taste buds adjust. But after that, you may say, okay, that's not quite it. I'll find something else. Or maybe you decide to get some training. And along the way, you're in the middle of that training. You say, you know what? This isn't quite me. I'm going to find something else. This is not the excuse for jumping from thing to thing to thing. This is not the excuse of never moving through something, never completing something. The danger, though, in the self-talk stuck is that you spend so much time scared of making a decision that's wrong that you make no decision that's either right or wrong. And in the end, making no decision is kind of deciding to be stuck. So self-talk stuck is about having that loop. Notice that recurring thought. Notice how that recurring thought keeps circling around. And then challenge that thought. Decide that maybe that thought isn't propelling you in the right direction. So challenge that thought. We all have limited beliefs within us. One way we can notice those limiting beliefs is because they're the ones that we keep using as a reason we can't do something. So if you notice those limiting beliefs and they keep coming up in a number of contexts, you know, I talked about the danger of can'ts a few episodes back, and this is a can't, you know, I can't do that because, and that because is your limiting belief. 
And then we can begin to challenge that limiting belief. I've talked elsewhere about how you can change any limiting belief in your life by challenging it. And the first step of that is becoming aware of it. And then you begin, can begin to take it apart. That's how you get out of the self-talk stuck. And then there is the fearful stuck. Fearful stuck is letting fear be a major part of your decisions. Because when we get stuck in the fears, we focus on the downside, not the goals. Now, fear is a natural part of life. Some people have said, okay, you know, if you can tell me how to stop feeling fear, I think I can do this. And my response is you can't stop feeling fear, but you can stop letting fear be the only motivating piece in your life. You can stop the fact that fear holds you back from everything and decide that fear is only pointing out that something is important. A lot of times people have decided that fear is an avoidance indicator. Anytime we feel fear, we need to stop and get away from it, kind of slow back away from whatever it's, is making you scared. And in reality, fear is only an importance indicator, not an avoidance indicator, but an importance indicator. Something in you, it's triggering and saying, this is important. You need to pay attention to this. Now, sometimes you need to pay attention is you need to get yourself to safety. But sometimes it's recognizing that the fear is only pointing to the fact that this is exactly where you need to be. Let's say you've got two job possibilities. One is your dream job. The other is a job you know you can manage. It might be even one that leaves you comfortably stuck. But you know you could do it, right? And you know that that would be a place where you can land for a while. But this other one, wow, if you had that it would push you to the edges of your abilities. You would have to grow and change and learn. But it would be your place of passion and meaning and purpose. You can make an impact in that job. And so you go to one job interview, the one where you'd be comfortable, and you probably sit there and have a very calm interview. You'd be on your best self and you'd feel all together and, and, and suave and, and you'd say all the right answers and, and you would have them in the palm of your hand because you're confident about that. Then you go to that other interview and you're scared to death and your hands or palms are sweaty and you feel like you're not making your point and you feel like maybe they're, they're seeing through you that you're not really capable of this and, and you feel all the fear and you flub it and, and you stumble over it. And you might leave and say, that obviously is not the job for me. This other one where I was comfortable, that's the one for me. And I would argue that the fear is only pointing out to you how important that job is in your life. And it's actually pointing the direction of your future. But if you let the fear convince you to stay away from it, to avoid the fear, to avoid the feelings of fear, and instead go to the one that had no fear, you never bring yourself to your best self. You never live out of your passions. You never find a place of impact. And that's the problem with fear. When we use it as an avoidance indicator, every good thing, every deep, meaningful thing is on the other side of the fear. We have to go through the fear to get there. Fear is always an indicator, only that something's important. Sometimes you pay attention and avoid it, but sometimes you just pay attention and realize that it's pointing to how important that is. When you use fear as kind of the, uh, the, the scale then you can begin to move yourself towards the fearful things. People who are fearfully stuck avoid fear. They avoid anything that, that creates a fearful feeling because there must be something wrong with that. 
those who find their passion and their purpose, those who live their best self, know that the whole path towards that is filled with fearful moments, filled with challenges. And the more we walk towards that, the more the fear dies down. When we avoid taking action, fear builds up. When we begin taking action, the fear begins to subside. We begin to move away from uh, what's holding us back by being courageous. You know, courage is that place where in spite of the fear, you decide to move forward. So the way you get unstuck is to let the fear mark the path. Okay, so those are six ways that you might have found yourself stuck from that 30,000-foot view. From last week, you might have found yourself comfortably stuck. You're at a place where things are just comfortable. And so you play out the role of staying comfortable. You might have played the worthy stuck, where you just don't quite feel worthy to move towards something bigger and better for yourself. You may find yourself playing angry stuck, where anger has locked you down and kept you from seeing anything else. Or related, the blame stuck, where you keep pointing the finger at why you can't do something. Or maybe you've been in self-talk stuck where you just keep cycling through the same thoughts and the same analysis and avoid taking any action. Or you may have been caught in fearful stuck where fear has been something you've avoided rather than deciding that that's pointing out the exact way you need to go. Now, if you've kind of fit with one of those, if one of those you go, okay, I see that that's what I'm doing, it's important to be able to identify that. We'll keep coming back to how you get unstuck, and part of that is because that's what I'm going to be working on. But if you need a way now of working through that, let me recommend my book, Thrive Principles. You can learn more about it at thethriveprinciples.com, thethriveprinciples.com, or you can find it where you normally buy your book. If they don't have it, have them order it. It should be in stock. But use that as a way of building out the pieces that allow you to thrive, because when you're thriving, you're not going to be stuck anymore. This is Lee Balkum wishing you the best as you work to live a thriving life. You've been listening to the Thrivology Podcast. Thank you for listening. If you want more information, visit us at thrivology.com or at thrivologymagazine.com. Remember that Thriveology is spelled T-H-R-I-V-E-O-L-O-G-Y. It's your life. Time to live it. Thank you.